You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on this season of Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 369. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Fun show for you today. We've got Susanna Summers at Bachelor Data on Instagram coming on to talk about all the charts and graphs you see on her page, what all of them mean, what you're able to deduce by certain charts and graphs. A lot of talk about Bachelor in Paradise, a lot of talk about Golden Bachelor, her visit to Las Vegas recently, kind of a recommendation for The Sphere, if you haven't heard about it or attended it. She has a lot of good things to say about it. We get into all of that, and we'll touch on that momentarily. So your daily roundup is up, and it's been up for a couple hours right now. We talk a little bit more about the Bachelor in Paradise couples. We talk about the fact that I can't even I only spend a couple minutes on it because me talking about it doesn't do it justice. You have to go watch Dave Neal's video from yesterday, the latest. I, I want to say it's the latest in the Clayton-Laura Owens case, but... It's only latest because this email has been found in court documents. But this email was sent to Clayton well before she ever went public with the story, when she went public to the son and said, here's the deal. I hooked up with Clayton. I am now pregnant with his twins. Here's everything that's happened. That was what, a couple months ago, maybe two and a half months ago? Well, apparently before any of that took place, Laura Owens sent Clayton an email and laid out a, I don't know, relationship plan that she wanted to take place before she ever decided to go public with this. Basically, give me a chance, give us a week together, and let's see how it goes before we make any rational decisions on what to do with this child. I mean, like I said, me verbally talking about it does not do it justice. You have to go watch Dave Neal's video from yesterday. Just go to YouTube, type in Dave Neal, find his page, and you'll see which one I'm talking about. It talks about, it has like the word email in the headline, in the thumbnail. You can't miss it. And it's about, it's it'll be, if you're interested in this case, it's one of the best 20 minutes you'll ever get in your life because you will understand the level of lunacy that we're dealing with here. And the level, not we're, Clayton has dealt with ever since this whole thing started. You know, you just got to go watch. And then you're going to be like, of all the things that we've heard about this case, this one might take the cake. And then you know what? Probably next week there's going to be another story that uh, we hear about or something that she says or she does, and it'll take the cake again. Like, it is unreal. I cannot believe another human being wrote this to another human being that they had hooked up with once to try and get them to, I don't know, date them, hook up with them again. I, I, I don't even understand the mentality of someone who would write this. Well, I mean, I kind of do now, considering what I've received in the last two and a half months from her. But <laughs> holy, you got to go watch it. You got to go watch it. It's like an eight step email, eight different things that need to happen before she goes public with the story. This was so probably back. I don't even know what the date of this email was probably July ish, maybe August. I can't remember when the story first hit the sun. I want to say it was August or September, but (laughs) this, this is unreal. It's the most unreal thing I've ever encountered in bachelor nation. And I say it all the time. It's the craziest story in bachelor nation and nothing even comes close to it. And I know a lot of people have wanted to stay away from it. I know other podcasters are scared of talking about this because, I don't know, we don't have any balls. Um, But, man, there's only two that have talked about it, me and Dave. Dave's even talked about it way more than I have, Um, I think, because his medium allows for it. My medium, there's just too many things that you would need to see, and it would be easier to follow on YouTube. But every time there's some sort of new development, I have brought it up. 
And I've certainly given you my thoughts. I mean, I have not held back on what I think of this woman. Uh, my opinions of her, my opinions of everything that initially came out in the Sun article, my opinions of everything that she has sent to me since then. I mean, this is my own dealings with her, and I've not held back whatsoever. You're, you know that. But, man, it just seems like there's something new every few days, and it's just like it makes you slap your head and roll your eyes even more. It's It's incredible. It's, it's unexplainable. It really is. Go watch the video. YouTube, Dave Neal. Go find the video from yesterday where he talks about Clayton's accuser's email. I also, on the Daily Roundup today, talk about Survivor last night, which was the ultimate just, hey, let's give somebody the overconfident edit so when he gets eliminated at Tribal Council... It's a good shocker to him. I think if you've watched Survivor long enough, as a fan, you kind of saw that one coming. The challenge last night, talked about that on the podcast. It was quite frustrating because I don't know when Johnny Bananas decided to play the sympathy card. He's not even on this season, and yet he's been a topic. And he was a major topic last night, and I don't understand it. I tell you why in today's Daily Roundup. Also... The entertainment sites just completely butchered the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, her birthday weekend in New York story that I told you about weeks ago because these entertainment reporters don't seem to understand how football teams, the NFL, football practices work. I told you this was coming, and yesterday it reared its ugly head. So I talk about that as well on the Daily Roundup. But, yeah, we got um, – Bachelor Data, talking about all sorts of things in regards to Bachelor in Paradise this year, Golden Bachelor, and some other stuff. Here we go. Podcast number 369. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, you know her from Instagram. She is at Bachelor Data on Instagram, also at Pop Culture Data. She's a multi-time guest on this podcast. It is Susanna Summer. Susanna, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me back on. I think the last time I was here was like right after my ACL surgery. So it has been a hot minute. <laughs> yes. How's that going? How did that go? Like, are you fully recovered? Like, can you go back to the gym and do squats and leg extensions? Or is it still taking it slow to go at a slower pace? It, I'm definitely in a way better place than I was earlier this year. <laughs> I think back to when I had you on, I think I ranted for like a solid 15 minutes about health issues. <laughs> um so much better. I last week was in Vegas and was wear, able to wear heels and everything. But mm. uh, I'm like at that last little phase now where I'm trying to get cleared to return to ski. So it's like that last little push trying to get back to 100% quad strength. I was going to say that's the big thing is to get back on skis because aren't we – what is considered ski season in Denver? No. Um, the mountains normally open around Halloween, which my accident last year was like the second week of – uh, November and honestly like I just don't think I'll ever ski that early because the big problem with my ski accident was just it was an out-of-control idiot that because there wasn't much open on the mountain yet because there was a good amount of snow it just they hadn't opened enough yet because there weren't enough employees that it just the idiots get funneled in with everybody else and increases your chances of danger so I think for me in the future I probably won't start skiing until like end of December early January just moving forward period gotcha um all right let's get let's get going here with uh some charts and some posts that you put up this week which again are really fascinating we talk about the breakups all the time on this show you've got a breakdown of and one of your posts really helped me out when I was you know and, and you and I can can talk about this because I think that this season of Paradise got a lot of flack just for not having a lot of star value to it, and people just really complained about it. I think a, I think a lot had to do with the fact that The Golden Bachelor was so good airing right before it and then to go into this and not being attached to a lot of these people. But, you know, once it ends, we saw about the breakups earlier this week, and it's just like the reaction immediately stemmed to oh my gosh, what a waste of time. Why do I even watch this show? And it's like, look, I get it. Maybe you were upset about this season, but if you're really watching this franchise 
for successful couples, Bachelor in Paradise is the show you want to be watching, considering they have 11 married couples and five of them had children. Uh, the Bachelor and Bachelorette can't even come close to that. Yeah, I think also, I mean, before the pandemic, it was typical that like each season had at least one couple that was still together. You know, season two, we had Jaden Tanner, and then you can argue whether or not Ashley and Jared are included in those stats. I get people who argue either way. It's like if they're included, people are like, they shouldn't be included. If I don't include them, people are like, they should be included. <laughs> and then you have Raven and Adam from season four. You have Astrid and Kevin from season five. And then you have Hannah and Dylan and Kaylin and Dean from season six, which I find so ironic. So many of these couples like didn't leave their inner relationship, especially when you look at season seven, like Abigail and Noah left uh, broken up. Like, we all remember their big breakup at prom, and now they're engaged. And, you know, I think it's the show is Be- great entertainment. But I, Same thing. Becca and Thomas yeah. left broken up. Now they're married with a kid. Exactly. I think the thing that has just been tough is that ever since that amazing season that we had, which was season seven, which most people forget, was after a drought year. We didn't have a single season of Paradise in 2020 because of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. they had so many casts to choose from. So it was, I mean, they had big stars on that show. And that was also our first season to see a, a lead come back. We had Becca come back um, after she was already the lead. I think she was the first, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was obviously an amazing season. And then I think the tough thing was that season eight, all those relationships fell apart. And then season nine, they fell apart just so quickly after the finale. We had nothing to hold on to, like nothing. Yeah. No, it was unfortunate. But if you're looking at a success rate and you're watching the show because you you want to see couples succeed in the long run, I mean, this is the show for it. Even if they break up on the show, you see it at least start their relationship on this show. And they, like I said, there's currently eleven of them, um, not to men and that are married or engaged, and five of those couples have kids. Like it does produce way more. I mean, we all know the stat on the Bachelor; they're one for twenty-seven of. The guy still being with the final woman he chose. And Bachelorette is down to what, four, five that are Bachelorettes? So it's it's a total of 10 couples still together out of 47 seasons of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Yeah. There's only 10. Yeah. And Bachelor in Paradise in nine seasons has 11 couples that are actually married. And when you say those 10 from Bachelor and Bachelorette, there's, just off the top of my head, there's probably three or four that aren't even... Married. They're still in the, you know, I, Zach and Katie, things to be going, things seem to be going well for them. Charity and Dotton are very, still very early. They're only six months into their relationship. Um, well, from the finale. Uh, People love months. to pick on Matt and Rachel for not being married or yeah. engaged yet. Matt and Rachel, not even engaged. Like, those are the couples you're including in your 10. I'm saying, you know, Bachelor in Paradise, we've got 11 married couples. You know, it's just like, yeah. it's way more successful. And I think, you know, the, I think the elements, are conducive to it. it. It makes more sense because we know on the show, like the amount of time that you get to spend with the lead is so minimal over the course of two months. Whereas if you connect with someone early on, on paradise, you can literally sleep with them, not like physically, but you can literally go to bed with them every single night and you can spend all day, every day hanging out with them and talking to them as opposed to bachelor and bachelorette. You only get to see the lead. If you get a one-on-one date and if you're on a group date, you get to see them at the after party and then cocktail party, if they pull you aside, you'll get, you know, five or ten minutes. Like, it makes sense why Bachelor in Paradise is more successful, but it's just kind of ironic when people complain just because we had so many breakups on Monday and it's all like, oh, why did I waste my time watching this show? It's just like, okay, you got to know by now what you're watching when, you, when you're getting this show, you know? Yeah, I think another thing, too, like, I've really had to reset my perspective on social media, especially at the end of this season, like, I'm, I'm so close to just shutting off comments on all of my posts because it's I'm wasting so much time moderating content. And it's like, I'm not a Reddit moderator for a reason. Like, I don't want to moderate people's arguments with each other. <laughs> but um, I, I think something that I've had to kind of like shift my perspective is that like, if you think of tech support, right? Most people in jobs have tech support. How often are you reaching out to say nice things to your tech support people? You know, like, Typically, if you're reaching out to tech support, it's because you have a problem and you need to complain about it, right? Um, and most people most people are pretty good, and they're, they're really nice to their tech support. But if you think about 
social media in general, like how often are people going to go out of their way to comment nice things, right? So I do feel like I wonder, something I've been wondering lately is like how much are people truly unhappy versus how much are people just getting comfortable to complaining online, <laughs> you know? Like I'm not saying that the show isn't absolved of any issues. Like I, trust me, I, I went out getting my roses lately and I, I have some tough criticisms on this show, but it's like we watch this show for entertainment. You know, like, oh, yeah. no, I, I hear exactly if, what you're saying. I mean, I get it. Yeah. That's what, it's like if we, if we truly watch this show for people to get engaged and get married, the bachelor would have died before 2015. Like yeah. if you look at, I'm literally looking at the data right now. You have Tristan, Tristan Ryan, who they got engaged in 2002. You have Jason and Molly in 2009. So there's already a big gap there. Then another jump to Sean and Catherine in, t in 2012, Des and Chris in 2013. Like there's these big jumps and then like some success rates. So you had Catherine and Des, and then you had another jump to Jojo in 2016 and Rachel in 2017 and Ari in 2018. Those were like the golden years. Social media was the best at that time. Like, you know, those were the golden years. We had so many couples getting together. And then it's just since the pandemic, it's just been so many failed relationships that were kind of going back into those old days. Well, yeah, and you're right that most people don't go online to say nice things. It's just, that's just the way social media has become. It's as great as social media is because it gives you access to people that you would never have access to before. It's also the worst thing in the world because everybody who has an opinion thinks <laughs> people want to hear their opinion. And look, I'm not saying yep. to censor them <laughs> and I'm not saying that you're not allowed to have an opinion, but if it's a negative one, maybe you don't need to share it. And that's been my it's been my whole issue with, you know, comment sections, message boards, Reddit. I mean, we just know Reddit is just an echo chamber of negativity and just pile on after pile on. It's what they do. It's just like maybe you don't need to share your opinions if they're so negative uh, about this show or whatever, because it's it's very easy. And I just you don't need to. But that's unfortunately we can say it till we're blue in the face. And we can say it every season, and I say it every season, stop bullying the contestants, stop telling them to kill themselves, all that stuff. I can say it over and over and over again, but if you're that much of a troll, it's not going to stop you because I said it or you said it or or Dave of Game of Roses said, leave these contestants alone. It just almost, it almost eggs it on more. The more we say stop it and stop telling them to harm themselves, it's just like, oh, that's the go ahead for me. I'm going to keep doing it, you know? There's really no yeah. way around it. Like I literally this week with I was doing some news posts, which I've just now introduced on my page is like just announcing like different news things and then tying the data to it. And like the next posts, I literally had one person comment, and I'm going to use a different word that we typically use to discuss this action. But and, and a trigger warning for anybody who like wants to fast forward for like 30 seconds, but I had to delete a comment where somebody told one of the contestants in my comment section to unalive themselves. Hmm. Like, and I'm like, really? Like, don't, don't you have dishes to go wash? Can't, can't you find literally anything better to do with your life? But anyways, I could rant about this forever, but yeah. I do think this season of paradise, there's, there's definitely room for improvement. Like their, their editing was not great. Um, and in hindsight, like from everything that I heard, the thing that had me scratching my head the most with the edit was from everything that I have heard regarding the final three couples that we had was that two of those couples I had been hearing for a while broke up a while ago, like shortly after filming. Um, one broke up. It was uh, what I heard was Aaron B and Eliza broke up a while ago. Um, and then Kylie and Avon, things were not great between them for a while. Like I've been hearing that for a few months. So, in my head the whole time, I'm watching this season and seeing the edit that they're giving Kat, and I'm just scratching my head being like, they're your only successful couple. Like, w producers, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing for the sake of your franchise? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> like, you, you should be giving them a hero edit so that people want to root for this show. <laughs> why, are, why are you tying your... Hitching your wagon... Um. It's like, why Why in the world are you hitching your wagon to a couple that, I mean, look, I, I don't know what the producers knew, but today in my podcast is, 
what I reported. Aaron and Eliza were done literally from the second they left Mexico. And it was mostly Eliza's doing. Like, apparently she did him pretty dirty. And I, I don't know the exact number, but I think, you know, from what I was told, you could probably count on less than three fingers how many times they even saw each other since they left Mexico. Like, it was, they've been done since July. And so yeah. for them to even focus anything on that, I mean, you got to show the engagement. It it did happen, but, you know, all season long, all you're doing is showing Kat in a negative light. And, you know, she could have handled herself better in certain situations, but... Absolutely. The other ones were just like, they had to have known that. Unless the producers were pretty... Unless they were totally clueless, which I just can't imagine they weren't checking in to see what was going on. Uh, you know, the Kylie stuff while it might not have been great for them for months, they were together Friday afternoon, <laughs> the day after the finale aired, and then a bunch of women run to Kylie and tell them, oh, by the way, I didn't even know you were together with Avon because he didn't tell me you were. I've been with him. And that's why she released the post 24 hours after the post yeah. saying they're, they're together. So she, you know, and she just, you know, ended it. So, I mean, the whole thing is just so bizarre. So bizarre. Yeah, this was definitely a head scratcher of a season. I'd also heard that there there were some better, some bigger names that were wanting to go on this season, but producers just wouldn't play ball with negotiations. Money, so. so came down to a money issue that they weren't just going to fork over what these. And look, if I'm a if I'm a contestant, and I'm going to put myself out there because we now know what putting yourself out there on the show means. As great as you might think your edit is, and as great as you think you act on a show. You're still at the mercy of the editors of this show, and you have to deal with negativity. And maybe these people going in are like, look, if I'm going to put myself out there, I want X amount of money to deal with it. Like, there's a price. Everybody's got a price for something. And apparently, producers weren't willing to meet it, I guess. Yeah. I think there's also some other important parts of that contract that really restrict them. Um, in terms of like what yeah. they can do after the show, in terms of like the influencing, influencing yeah. and like also just the muzzle that they can have on these people afterwards and what they can and can't go on to things and say. And, you know, I think that the, it's a shame because they these are the stars of their show, like the producers. Nobody knows who the producers are. It's we know who the contestants are. And I think the producers need to realize that these people are the ones that are going to make their show and they got to. I got to play ball with them more. It's like you don't see like ABC Disney telling Dancing with the Stars contestants that they can't go on podcasts or they can't do ad deals. Like, can you imagine they wouldn't be able to get anybody good? And I think, you know, there's I'm working on recording a much longer video. So I get lots of questions about Instagram followers and the decline of that versus ratings. And everybody, their first tendency is always to jump to oh, well, the problem with the show is that people go on the show for Instagram followers. And that couldn't be further from the truth anymore. Like, the data just doesn't doesn't back it anymore that none of these people can really make a living long-term on social media anymore. Like, it's, it just isn't a thing anymore for most of these contestants. And it's not even just, like, the influencing deals or whatever. It's also... You know, brand, you know, brand deals, marketing, podcasts, all that stuff. I just don't think we know how it was in the Hannah Brown years versus now. I mean, it is completely dried up. I mean, there were the days where all you had to do was get to the final four and you were looking at mid six figures and followers. Now it's not even it's not even close. I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head. I know in the in the moment you and I were talking about it during charity season when we got down to charity's final four and we're just like, Oh my God, look at these guys followers numbers and we're at the final four. And I, and like two of them, I think Xavier and, and um, maybe it was Xavier and Aaron hadn't even hit like 20,000 followers and we're literally watching hometown dates. It was something ridiculous, right? You remember that? Yeah. But I mean, it's not even final four. If you look at the all cast average, so you look at everybody who was on each show. Okay, so Colton season, night one, all the way up to the winner, everyone. And you average how many followers they gained while on the show. Okay, from their starting amount to like a week after the finale or something around there. The average gain in followers on Colton season and Peter season was over 200,000 followers. And that's for every contestant, 30 
women. That's averaging everybody together. It yeah. includes the the Maddie Pruitt, the Hannah Ann's, but also it includes the Night Warner Lemony. Everybody. Yeah. And then if you look at Matt James' season, that average dropped to a hundred thousand followers, and then Clayton's season dropped to fifty-seven thousand followers. Zach's season dropped to forty thousand followers, and those are Bachelor seasons. So the majority of the cast are the majority of the people on the screen, ninety-nine percent of them are women and women gain more followers on this show than men. So looking at those numbers, like it's a pretty big drop and it's dropping much faster than that, than the viewership is. So if you look at like the percent drop from year to year, ratings are going down at a slower rate than Instagram follower counts. So that's a number of reasons, but in short, Instagram's dying. TikTok is king right now. And I know a lot of people listen to this and they're like, that's not true. I don't use TikTok. And it's like, okay, but most people are these days. Yeah. Um, and it's not my data to say that. Like, that isn't just The Bachelor. This is data from non-reality TV worlds that I'm sourcing that from. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I haven't really gotten into the TikTok thing. I started it for a while. Then I was just like, I don't know, too much work. I was just like, I don't want to keep making videos every day. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And it's not easy to keep producing content on the daily that is, you know, funny, interesting, informative. It's just not easy. You know, I think. And here's the craziest part. TikTok and the people who are creating on TikTok are pulling away from TV shows as well. So if you think about it, human beings only have 24 hours in a day. I wish we had more, but we only have 24 hours in a day. About eight hours of that, that six to eight hours goes to sleeping. And then there's another huge chunk that goes to commuting to work and working. And then you're only left with so many hours in your afternoon and evening for your family, for dinner, for entertainment, for showering, etc. So when you think about it, we only have so many hours in a day for entertainment. And in 2021, by the fourth quarter of the year, uh, TikTok became the most visited domain in the entire world. That's ahead of Google. That's ahead of Microsoft. That's ahead of YouTube. That's ahead of Netflix. Everything became the most visited domain in the world. So now TV shows are competing with TikTok. So Bachelor, remember when streaming became a thing and it was like Bachelor's competing against Netflix now. Oh, Netflix doesn't care about Bachelor anymore. They're competing, trying to get people off of TikTok to go back to watching their platform. Well, the other thing that we, you and I had talked about was, you know, you just said it right there with how people complain that, oh, people just want to go on the show for for influencers. Well, they just gave us a show where clearly women over 60 aren't interested in the Instagram world and, <laughs> and the golden and the golden, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, there are, yeah, there were a few of Gary's women that, um, clearly want Very to stay in the thirsty. Sandwich. Yes. <laughs> but it's not, I don't think anybody was saying, yeah, you know, like they do about the contestants on the bachelor. So, yeah, we saw this show just absolutely destroy it ratings wise and destroy meaning good um, ratings yeah. wise. And what this show has done, the fact that g- just Gary's finale, which was and just the overnight number that drew, which was six point one million six point one or six point four on the overnight uh, that watched mm-hmm. Gary's finale within 24 hours. The turnaround well, less than 24 hour turnaround six point one or six point four was more viewers than any episode this franchise has ever produced since Matt James' season. And that's nine seasons worth of shows with, what, nine to 11 episodes per season? And the fact that they just threw Gary on there and look at what the Golden Bachelor did, I mean, it was a revelation for them. Like, it's almost like they've breathed some life into this franchise based on what they were able to pull off with the Golden Bachelor. Yeah, fun fact too, we actually haven't seen any episode of Bachelor in Paradise hit 6 million viewers ever. Ever, yeah. It's just crazy. And Gary's finale does it. And then if you add, like you and I talked about last night, the new numbers that came out of um, live plus seven days, where you it's everything, anytime the Bachelor finale has been watched from the time it aired through a week after that, that number now moves to 9.1 million or something ridiculous. It's just like, holy shit. Yeah. It's it's a big deal. And, you know, probably means they're going to do bachelor in, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to do a golden bachelor two or just go to, go to the golden bachelorette route. I I would think they're probably going to go golden bachelorette, but 
obviously nothing's been announced. They would never announce that next season what it's going to be until we get mm-hmm. to Mar- until we get to March and Joey's finale airs because they still have a bachelorette to announce. They're not going to announce a golden bachelorette or a golden bachelor before they announce their next bachelorette. It just takes away from it. I just don't see that happening. Just like yeah. we didn't get golden bachelor announcement until when? June? You know, why why is everyone thinking they're going to announce the golden bachelorette now when Gary's season filmed in the month of August? Like we're seven months away from a Golden Bachelor or Golden Bachelorette season even filming. What? They're not going to give us the lead seven months early. It's just going to die down. It's going to be like, okay, people might talk about it for a couple of days, but then it's going to go on the back burner for seven months because yeah. we're not going to see it for a while, you know, unless they change yeah. up their whole schedule and, you know, I don't know, get rid of Paradise. And I don't know, maybe that's a possibility. Maybe they get rid of Paradise and replace it with the Golden Bachelorette or Golden Bachelor. I don't. I don't know. I'd be disappointed if they did that. I personally, I want them to replace it with something like Bachelor Pad or Summer Games since we have the Summer Olympics next year in Paris. Like, it'd be cool if they could do some type of competition show. And I think if they were to do that, it would be really successful for them because then they could bring back some of their biggest stars who are already in relationships, be it with somebody from this franchise or not. Then they can get some of those big names to come back on the show which would be great free marketing and advertising for them. And that was set to happen in 2020, but then we had the pandemic. They were going to do a summer games that summer. And yeah. and then it just obviously the pandemic hit and they could not they couldn't pull it off. So yeah, I think next summer I I would not be surprised if maybe for a year they scrap Paradise and just change it to a summer games format. I just I don't see them doing both, you know? I can't see them doing Bachelor in Paradise in June filming some sort of summer game show in July and then going right into filming a golden bachelorette or golden bachelor. Like I have a feeling something's getting scrapped, but that's just a personal opinion. I have no knowledge. You haven't heard anything. Yeah. No. Um, but just looking at it, it's just like, first off, you're not getting rid of the golden bachelor franchise after it literally just gave you the best numbers you've had since COVID. That's absolutely not. not. Yeah. It's not going away. It's just a matter of, if you do it, are you going to go do the same exact format as this year, which is, hey, let's layer the Golden Bachelor for one hour and then put Paradise right behind it for two? I think that hurt it. I think that hurt it going to Thursday night, uh, Bachelor in Paradise. Maybe you keep Bachelor in Paradise on Monday nights and put Golden Bachelor or Golden Bachelorette. Keep that on Thursdays. I don't know. I just, I think that, I think that, that hurt it. That was well. definitely a big mistake this season was yeah. having bachelor in paradise after such a wholesome show. It was like whiplash watching it back to back. Yeah. Yeah. You're watching Gary talk about, uh, you know, these women talking about having worn a wedding dress since, you know, my wedding day and getting all emotional about it. And then 30 minutes later, we're watching a poop baby, you know, it's just like, come on. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> So you, uh, the, one of the recent uh, posts that you did a couple days ago or yesterday was your Instagram report in the top 16 Instagram growth from Bachelor in Paradise this year and the bottom 16 Instagram growth. What was the biggest takeaway you got from it? I don't know if Wells is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be shocked if he came back, honestly. I mean, he lost followers this whole season until like literally a day or two ago. Um I just, I don't know if this show is benefiting him anymore. They hardly showed him um, on this season as well. So I would be surprised if he came back. That was my biggest takeaway. I mean, these numbers were not totally unexpected. Rachel getting tons of followers. Jess was also up there, which she very much deserved because she is playing both platforms so well. She's doing Instagram well, but she is really embracing TikTok, which is getting her followers from multiple generations. Um and then, yeah, I mean, it's it's been our biggest people all season with the most screen time. It was Rachel, it was Kylie, it was John Henry, it was Jess, Brayden, Olivia, Kat, Eliza, Blake, Mercedes. And then pretty much everybody after that was kind of, I mean, their follower accounts were pretty irrelevant compared to these these top folks. What's I, I need to look? Oh, I was just I was just going to ask you. Well, this is season nine, episode by episode, screen time. I was going to ask you who had the most, who had the most screen time this year in Paradise, and I was I, in the back of my mind, I was like, it had to be Olivia. The girl was all over our screens, and she won. She had sixty minutes of screen time. Cat had fifty five. They were the leaders, and then Braden was 
Ooh, did I put up a I have, final report yet? I, I have a, uh, I'm looking at Paradise Screen Time Season 9, episode by episode featured screen time. You posted it a week ago. So yeah, this must be it, right? This is all, Ooh, this be. is all the episodes. Yeah, so... Olivia at 60 minutes, Cat at 55, and then Braden at 40. I mean, they were Olivia and Cat were so far ahead of everybody else in screen time this year. And look at Olivia, a, a night one girl from Zach's season that the second she went down to the I uh, went down to the beach that first episode oh, that, we got to see her. I'm guessing nobody that even knew data who she was, was. Put out episode nine. I actually just up, updated with episode ten this morning. So the final counts okay. of who had the most screen time. It, it doesn't change too much. Was Kat in first place, Olivia in second place, followed by Kylie, Braden, Aaron B, Rachel, Eliza, Jess. Um, where's that? Where's, so, the, I mean, where's that post? What's the title of it? I have not posted it yet. I literally oh. put it together before our phone call. <laughs> oh, you haven't posted it yet? Okay, no wonder I couldn't find it because um, I was looking for <laughs> I was looking for something with a title of screen time, and the first one I came across was was that one. So basically, in the last episode, Kat surpassed. Olivia, which makes sense because Kat had a full um, overnight date. You know, Olivia was gone once she was eliminated and Michael decided not to continue the relationship. Kat had a full overnight date and a full proposal that she had to do. Exactly. But I think the biggest thing that surprised me when it comes to screen time versus Instagram followers, because in the past, and if anybody's been listening to your podcast for a while, they've heard me talk about this to no end, is that there is a big discrepancy between the follower accounts that white contestants get versus people of color. Um, that being said, this season, we have been seeing some great Instagram follower accounts from people like Kylie. Um, there still are discrepancies there, but the biggest discrepancy that just shocks me, and I'm working on a chart for this still, trying to figure out like the best way to show it, is Aaron B came out, one, two, three, four, fifth overall for screen time this season. And then when it comes to most Instagram followers gained, for the entire season, he is. He wasn't even in the top fifteen, him. was he? He is sixteenth. Sixteenth, yeah. Yeah. So that discrepancy is pretty bad. Um, so there, I would say that there are some improvements being made um, in terms of what this audience, who this audience is choosing to follow, but this, the discrepancies are still very much there. But it also goes to what you say that most of the people who do gain followers from the show are women. Instagram yes. is a Instagram is much Always. more geared towards women in general. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm looking at largest all season gains that you posted and of the top 12, only four of them are guys this season. It was it was John Henry. It was Braden. It was Blake and Tanner. And John Henry was third. Braden was fifth. Blake was ninth and Tanner was 12th of the, of the top 12 all season games this year, eight were women and four were men, you know, it's like, it's the way it's always. And if I I went back to your past seasons, I'd probably see the same thing in terms of largest all season games, probably two women. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, and that's, and that's expected. Like, I don't, nothing about that really surprises me. Um, You know, it's, you know, the fact that John Henry gained 85,000 followers this season, I think is, is is interesting because it's not like he posts a lot. He's not an Instagram guy really at all. It's I mean, just, he doesn't talk very much either on the show. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like, and I don't think he's going to use it for any sort of gains. We, I mean, we just saw their breakup announcement, and then we saw what what he posted in defense of Cat and what she posted since then. I, it's not like he's going to take these eighty five thousand eighty five thousand dollars, eighty five thousand new followers and try and monetize it. The guy's an underwater, you know. I was going to say diver. welder welder. I was but, say oh diver. my God. I wish he did like, and I've spoken about this before. Like I've messaged some contestants be like, have you considered starting a TikTok? Because let me tell you, I would love to see videos of the work that he does. That sounds so interesting to me that like, I want to follow that, but I just, I don't see him making content either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, to make videos of him under <clears throat> underwater and welding, he would have to like literally hire a professional camera crew. He can't just take his phone and turn it around no, and have... strap a GoPro on your helmet. Like it's not that uh, hard. I just, I'm so fascinated. Like I just love following like the most random TikTok accounts where I learn that type of stuff though. Like I, I mean, back when 2020 hit and I like finally bit the bullet and made an account begrudgingly, like 
TikTok was just all people dancing, but no, not anymore. My yeah. feed, I learned so many interesting things on TikTok nowadays. And I, I do fact check them before I believe them. But man, what I would do to I, so many people from this franchise, I've, I've just been like, man, like we've had interior designers and I'm like, you should make an account. That would be so interesting. I want to learn interior design from you. Like your house is beautiful that you've showed us. Like some people just aren't interested in making that content. So I wanted to kind of skip ahead and talk about Joey season real quick. The women of Joey season have not been able to go public yet on their Instagram. My guess is they're not going to be allowed to until ABC officially releases the cast last year, last year for Zach, it was um, January 4th. So it looks like we'll probably get it first week of January again this year, but we're able to, are any of these women's TikTok you, you cover their TikToks as well and you follow them or at least find out if they have one and, and write their numbers down. Are their TikToks mm-hmm. all private too as well or no? Some of them are, some of them aren't, but we definitely have some big follower counts on TikTok this season that have me very excited. Now I know some people are going to be rolling their eyes, but hear me out. It is so, so important that this show start to embrace number one, Gen Z. Like we need to get Gen Z watching this show. If you like The Bachelor and you want it to continue to stay on our TVs for years to come, this show has to embrace Gen Z. They have to. Um, so c- casting people who are already making good content on TikTok is only going to benefit them. We have, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six women who already have really, I, I would call them pretty decent sized followings on TikTok. Um, some of those women are uh, just going alphabetically Daisy. Edwina, I'm so sorry if I mispronounce any of these names. We haven't heard them yet. Uh, Jen, which I believe is the woman that we saw at after the final rose with Joey. That was Leah. Correct. Leah. Okay. Um, I still don't have all the spoilers memorized clearly. <laughs> um, Kyra or Kira. K- Kira has 119,000 followers on TikTok, which is very impressive. Mm. Um, and then we have Star, who has 75,000 followers, and then. Talia, who has 18,000 followers. So I'm really curious to see how the season's going to go with us having the first cast that really embraces TikTok um, and see how that's going to benefit and pay off. But I really think the villainization of, you know, people are only going on this show to gain Instagram followers, something that most people don't realize from that watch this show and have that critique is that the followers that most of these people get from the show don't benefit them longer than like six months after the show. Because basically when you go on the show, if you do want to be an influencer, you have to figure out like a niche that you want to embrace. Right. Um, so Dean and Kaylin, for example, they, they do all this like really interesting travel content. They just had their honeymoon and it was like sponsored by Nat Geo. Amazing. Right. So that's their niche. But it's really hard to pivot your audience that you grow on reality TV and bring them to a new niche. Um, so I think there's definitely still going to be that criticism of like, oh, they just want to be famous. But in this day and age, as opposed to before the pandemic, it is so easy to become a content creator these days. Like. Look at my account. I was working a full-time job that was literally killing me, and I was able to grow bachelor data in addition to a job that was killing me, and I was able to quit my job and do this full-time, right? So you don't have to go on reality TV anymore to become a content creator, and I would honestly argue that it's easier to become a content creator by just doing it yourself versus people who just go on this show And then as soon as they're in this fame and this limelight, they're having to figure out how to use their phone and video editing software. And they're just not going to have as good of a chance as instead of just growing your account from the beginning with good content and bringing in your audience to the niche that you're in, if that makes sense. I don't know if you know the answer to this. Maybe you do. How do the GRWM videos do? Get ready with me. Get ready I, with me. I see those all the time, and I'm just like, okay, plenty of women get ready and you know do their hair, do their makeup, and so many of them do videos, and it's just like, how do you distinguish yourself when so many other women are doing it? But I, I see it on TikTok, I see it on Instagram stories all the time, and these women are monetizing it because every time they're putting on mascara, they're showing the brand and, and you know attaching a link to it of where you can get it. It's like, 
that's got to be good business, right? Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to storytelling. So a lot of people, they'll see the Alex Earls of TikTok and they'll be like, oh, she makes a get ready with me every day. And she got famous and now has like five, six million followers because of it and gets flown out all over the world privately. It's only because these people are really good at not only telling stories in one video, but storytelling over, imagine like a season of a show, right? So if you've ever seen like Doctor Who or any of those shows where it's like each show or each episode is one story, but it plays to this overall storyline for the season. Um, it's the same thing on TikTok. If you're doing Get Ready With Me or if you are a content creator that reports on pop culture music, whatever you do, things only pop off when there's a good story to back up what you're what you're sharing. So what a lot of people make mistakes with is like the get ready with me is, is that they're like, oh, well, it works for Alex Earl. It's going to work for me. No, like you have to be intentional about the story that you're telling. So Alex Earl is like a big TikTok star. And she was this girl that was in college in Miami and everybody was living vicariously through her. But what she was doing in her in her get ready with me is, is that each get ready with me was telling a story of what was going to happen that night. And then people were waiting bait and breath to see the video that she would post the next morning from her night out. And then in her next get ready with me, there was something in that video that everybody wanted to follow up on. Um, so even as of lately with her NFL guy, her boyfriend from the Miami Dolphins, like it's just these overarching storylines that get people coming back to you and building that community based off of your stories. See, that's interesting because when I come across a get ready with me, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram, I'm just on to the next video because I'm not a girl. Because you're a guy. Yeah, it doesn't interest me. <laughs> so you're saying that when they're, see, I just thought they're like, hey, when you put this mascara on, put this much and lightly do it here or whatever. They're not doing that. They're literally telling a story of maybe something that happened to them that day or if they have a family, something that their kid did. Like they're keeping people involved about their life and it's not just about the makeup itself. Exactly. It's, it's They mm. drop these little bits and it's very quick. It's very short. Imagine, like for you, if you watch the NBA, right? Imagine you could watch a day in the life of one of your favorite favorite NBA players, yeah. right? That would be interesting for you because you already watch them every week playing all these games that you want to see what goes into all of that. Um, and then what a good player would do, there's actually, I think he's on the Celtics. My boyfriend was telling me about this. I'm so, I'm so disconnected from this season of the NBA just with my tonsillectomy that I just had and getting back into all the reality TV stuff. I have not seen enough NBA this season. But there's this really awesome guy from the Celtics that is popping off because he's doing all of this TikTok content. And I, I was able to watch some of his videos. And it is just so interesting how he's storytelling. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I don't. I bet you I probably come across it, but I'm totally blanking on who it possibly could be. But um, yeah, if you find out, let me know, and I'll uh, I'll look into it. I'll look at his. You know, the I mean, the biggest thing going on in the NBA right now, which is totally cool. And when I talk about social media, how it's literally the greatest thing in the world sometimes, and it's also the worst invention in the world because of trolls and whatever, <laughs> is the fact that you've got NBA players right now that literally have their own podcasts. And are literally giving you insight, talking about today's practice, talking about last night's loss, talking about the big game mm -hmm. coming up. You never ever, I mean, growing up in the 80s with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and, you know, and then the 90s with Michael Jordan, that wasn't even a thing. We didn't know anything about these guys off the court. Now you have so much access to these athletes that we all adore and watch on TV. That's the cool part of social media is, I mean, I've listened to, uh, a couple of the podcasts by NBA players. I think it's so interesting. It wouldn't interest you, I don't think. Maybe it would. But it is so interesting to me to hear guys talk about they were do they were doing podcasts during the playoffs. Like sometimes some of you might think like, "Oh shit, it's playoff season. Got to focus. We can't be outside distractions." These guys are recording a podcast the day after they play a fucking playoff game and are like, "Look, this is what we should have done better last night. This we we got to improve this on the next game." That's just like really interesting to hear as a as a pretty good diehard basketball fan that I am. I think it's I think it's great. But like I said, the flip side of social media being so crappy is all the trolls that just have everything they have to say and, you know, <laughs> giving their opinions when nobody cares about their opinions, you know? That's the tough part. But um you mentioned Las Vegas. I want to end with this because you've told me a little bit about this and I'm definitely going to go 
next time I am there, which is either going to be March or my party in June, which obviously you and your boyfriend are invited to. I want you guys to come to the party next year. Um, so I think most people know there's a new attraction that opened in Las Vegas, which was the which is the Sphere. It's behind uh, the Venetian. It's like the Venetian and Palazzo's their theater uh, that they're going to use for concerts and whatnot. You were out there recently, and I don't think you were. You didn't see you too, but what they did show, and they do have there. That's kind of like I think a daily thing. I don't even know what their schedule is, but they have something called Postcard from Earth, and I want you to explain to people what it is and just the experience that it was the sphere itself and the show itself of postcard from earth. Yes. Oh my gosh. So if you haven't heard of it, Vegas built this new thing called the sphere. It is. I mean, even if you don't go to the show, if you go to Vegas, like it, you see this sphere from everywhere. The thing is massive and it's this screen that's like all of these pixels. And it's the coolest thing. Like it, it honestly looks alive. Like the, we always stay at, at this hotel that gets this fantastic view of the Bellagio fountains and then the sphere just behind it. And um, it's a beautiful new feature to the skyline of Vegas is in short. Um, But we are not huge YouTube fans since it was forced on my iPod back when I was like 10. (laughs) Um, And honestly, I mean, I probably would have gone to see YouTube, but like the tickets just to get in were like five, $600. And I was like, I paid this for maybe Taylor Swift, but like not YouTube. <laughs> um, so we went to go see the postcards from earth and it was absolutely amazing. The only thing that I can truly relate it to is if you've been to Disney world and you went to the soaring, you know, the ride where you like dangle and it's like this supposed to be like multi experience where it's like screens all around you and you have wind in your face and uh, smells and all of that. Yeah. Um, you don't have wind in your face at the sphere, but once you go inside, it's basically this fantastic theater. That's the theater inside of the sphere is 270 degrees inside of the sphere. And the seats that we got were like pretty much in the middle, but a little bit to the side. And the sphere, like you, there's no way to explain it. Like everybody that I talk to, I, I'm like, if you're gonna go to Vegas, like you, you, you have to go to the show. Um, and the tickets actually weren't. I mean, looking at a ton of the other shows in Vegas, it's actually much more affordable to go to this Postcards from Earth. But it's this beautiful show that basically they took all of these fantastic cameras all around the world to from like the different parts of Africa to different parts of Asia and Europe and Antarctica. And they basically told this whole story about earth. And there is also like a fictional story behind it, but it is absolutely beautiful. The chairs will rumble at times. There's this moment where there's this elephant coming at you and it just feels like you could put your arm out and touch it. Like it is absolutely beautiful. Um, so I highly recommend it to anybody that goes. And if you do go, this is the important thing. You have to get there early. So your tickets will say when the doors open and then when the show starts, get there around the time that the doors open, because in the lobby, there are all of these amazing AI things that you can interact with. You can talk to different robots. It is so, so cool. And if you are, afraid of heights or if you have any vertigo you can talk to the staff there to ride the elevator up because i will say the escalators uh, i wasn't looking over the side when i was going up to my seat yeah no i've i've heard nothing but good things about sphere there's there's rumors about who the next musical act is going to be because as far as i know only you two in terms of music has performed there there's rumors about about a beyonce residency a harry styles residency there's rumors we don't they haven't officially announced anything yet. That's all it is, is rumors. But um, uh, one thing that has been announced for any hockey fans, the NHL draft in 2024 is happening at the Sphere. Um, so that's a thing. But musical guess is what they're going to bank on, and that's what they're going to try and obviously you know, draw people in with. And you know, the Sphere is going to be big names. They're not bringing in anybody that's a mid-carder or – you know, on their way up, they are only going to go after, I would think, big names, especially if we're hearing names like Beyonce and and Harry Styles right now. Like, it makes sense. It's definitely, you know, you go on TikTok, you could see so many people's videos 
of U2. Uh, I remember that opening weekend. I was on TikTok and just fascinated by all the videos people were posting of of their concert. And, and the videos just don't, they don't do it justice. No. Honestly, they, it's like trying to send somebody a picture of the mountains if you're like in Colorado or anything like that. And you take a picture and you're so disappointed with it because it just doesn't show how amazing it is. It's the same thing with the sphere. And I would also recommend if you do go to the show, there is a way to get there. If you go in through the, the Palazzo, the Venetian, there's actually like a whole indoor walkway. So if it is raining, take that route. But we actually, we were at the wind that night and then we walked over from there. And it was so cool walking up to it from the outside and like seeing as you get closer and closer how the details of the sphere change. Personally, I liked walking over from there more. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when I was watching the TikTok videos of the U2 concert, the one thing that was interesting to me was I almost felt like, I don't know if people have been to AT&T Stadium here in Dallas where the Cowboys play, but a lot of people that go to the game watch the giant screen, the LED screen on the scoreboard rather than watch the actual game. And I noticed when I was watching U2, it was like, it seems like I wouldn't spend a lot of time watching the band and you don't really need to watch them. It's not like they're doing cartwheels on stage or anything they're just singing their songs but in the background the giant sphere screen like you said with all the pixels is showing content and it's showing stuff that's again really cool and it's almost like people are paying attention to that and i don't know not paying attention to the band but what do you need to pay attention all you need to do is hear the band so i don't know i that's that's the only thing i got from it was it's like wow i think i would be so immersed in watching what's happening on the screen than watching what Bono's doing on stage, you know? Yeah, I think that's what we were just like, eh, I don't know if we're going to pay all that money to go see YouTube because honestly, when we were there, you are just, your head is constantly going back. And I mean, you can honestly just watch the show looking straight forward, but uh, my head was just looking everywhere in absolute awe. And I still just couldn't figure out how they made a round a round surface, such a beautiful and perfect screen. Yeah. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And there were moments in the show that like my breath was just actually taken away. Like it was, it was really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, anybody that's interested, it's called postcard from earth. I, I, I don't know. Is it a daily show? Like, I, I think so. And there are multiple times the night that we went, I think we went on like a Thursday cause we were recently, we went to Vegas in uh, October, and then we just went last week for the NBA thing. But when we went in October, it was for the When We Were Young Music Festival, and we went either the night before or two nights before, and there were multiple times that we were able to choose from. Do you know if, like, like say when U2 was playing, they have a night show, 9 o'clock on Saturday night, is Postcard from Earth going on at noon that day in the sphere, and they just clear people out? Like, or is it when there's a concert going on, there's not a postcard from Earth show? Or you don't know? No clue. Yeah. My my boyfriend is the one who books everything when we're in Vegas. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. And the show is what, like an hour? Hour and 15 minutes? Yeah, I think, I think it was an hour and 15, maybe an hour and a half. But honestly, when it was done, I was like, I just I just want more. Like, yeah. I, I didn't feel time pass. It was, it was a great experience. It was kind of like going to absent, like, it's one of those that like you are just happy to be there and you don't you don't realize how much money you spent or anything. You're like, I'm, I'm just happy. <laughs> Was it narrated or is it just a sh is it just taking you through Does someone is someone narrating it's, it like a documentary? Yeah, I, I think. Was it Morgan Freeman? Oh, maybe it was. From Earth. I, again, I was in so much awe that I like I just I can't remember. I think it was. Who who was it? But there is there is a narrator. Mm, okay. Yeah, I didn't know if it was like a National Geographic, something like that, where someone is walking you through it and saying like, this is the so-and-so elephant from, you know, this region or whatever. And there's only 12 of them in the world or something like that. If they're giving you info or you're just watching nature, basically. No, there is narration, but it's more like a sci-fi. It's telling, it's basically telling a story about Earth and us as a, as humanity living on it and then kind of what's happened to it in the future and how we handle it. I don't want to spoil it too much for people, but oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, okay. It's great, Interesting. though. Yeah. Um, Susanna, thank you so much uh, for coming on. You can check her out at Bachelor Data, at Pop Culture Data on Instagram. She's got all your charts up, all, everything you need to know about this season of Bachelor in Paradise that just passed us with Instagram reports, all season gains. We talked about the screen time stuff. It's all there. So go check her out there, Susanna. Again, thanks for coming on. Always love having you on. Thanks for having me. You got it. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much to Susanna for coming on. Um, hope you enjoyed that last five or seven minutes about the sphere. Anybody else that's seen it, please drop me your uh, suggestions or what you thought of it, because I've heard nothing but great things about the sphere itself, the postcard from Earth. Hey, if even if you went to the U2 concert, let me know how that was in terms of was the sound good? Um, did you find yourself not even caring about the, the band on stage and you were just watching the giant screen behind them? Um, but yeah, let me know what you think. And again, Susanna's great to have on this podcast. She does excellent work at uh, Bachelor Data and Pop Culture Data. Just, I mean, some of the charts she puts out and puts them out so early, like right when stuff ends, I'm like, you're amazing. And how you do this screen time stuff is up within like 15 minutes of the episode ending. It's crazy. So thanks again to her for coming on. Thank you for listening. Um, the Daily Roundup is up. Go check that out. Sports Daily is up. If you're interested in that, check that out. So for Susanna Summers, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will talk to you tomorrow.